My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Welcome, friend. Do you find yourself with an empty nest and a faded vision? Then you're in the right place. God still has a calling and mission for us in the second half of our lives, because you know what? We're not done yet. So join me, Susan Macias, author, speaker, and empty nest mom, and let's explore how our family, our church, and our world needs us. Welcome to episode 10. Today, we're going to talk about our spiritual eyesight. Now, I have to tell you, I'm pretty excited about getting to episode 10. I'm into double digits on numbers. Did you know that most podcasts that are started never get past episode 7? I'm pretty excited. If you have liked the podcast at all, can I ask you a big favor? If you would go on iTunes or whatever place you listen to podcasts, and if you would give me a rating and a recommendation, that would be amazing, because that actually is how other people find the podcast. Okay, that's enough. Of advertising. Now we're going to get down to business. Today we're starting with Moses, who was called late in life. And when he got called in late in life, his first response was, I can't do that, God. Why? Because he had a physical problem. And we've talked some lately about our physical problems of our bodies later in life and how we can find spiritual analogies to go with it. So we got another one today. God says in Exodus 4:11, the Lord said to him, to Moses, who has made man's mouth, who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Moses is complaining about his mouth and has speaking, but God's saying, Hey, guess what? I made your mouth and I am calling you to speak. So sister, today we're going to talk about in this second half of life, how's your eyesight? You thought I was going to talk about speaking, didn't you? But no, the God who made the mouth also, it says he made the eyes. How is our seeing? I have to tell you in this place in life, my seeing is not so great. It's got some major problems. I can do nothing without my glasses. If I am so tired in the morning that I stumble in a fog out to the kitchen and finally turn on the light to make coffee... And realize I never put my glasses on. And I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm saying that from experience. I immediately have to go get my glasses because I can't even make coffee without glasses. And the older I get, the worse it gets. What about my spiritual eyesight? In some ways, age helps my spiritual eyesight because I have life and experience and walking with Jesus that I can share with younger women. But in many ways, I find that disappointment or health problems, places that are broken dreams or weariness or anger, it hurts my vision. Yeah, I just got my physical eyes checked. And guess what? My glasses are not good enough anymore. I could tell. I could tell I was not seeing as well. And I think that it's the same in our spiritual lives. There comes a point where we realize we're not spiritually seeing as well. That doesn't show up so much as it's easy on the physical eye test, but for our spiritual eyesight, we have to look at our attitude. My favorite example of this is Abraham. 
Abraham had difficulty seeing what in the world was going on. He'd been called to come to a land that he didn't know, and God was going to finally give him a son through his wife, Sarah, but his weight stretched and stretched, and the longer it went, the worse he saw, and he needed correction on his eyesight. So he goes to God, and he complains in Genesis 15. He is just not happy with how things are going, and God, instead of getting angry and saying, forget you, I'll find somebody else, says, Come on, Abe, let's go outside. And in verse five, God says to him, look toward the heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. From that moment on, all Abe had to do to get his spiritual eyesight corrected was go out at night, look up at the stars and believe the God who promised him that people were coming that would outnumber those stars. He had to go from being nearsighted and only seeing what was not going on in front of him to being farsighted to see into where God promised, something that he couldn't even imagine way beyond his lifetime. It was 13 years before God finally granted him and Sarah a son, and they named that son Isaac. So, okay, great, stars are coming, but guess what? Isaac was 40 before he got married, and then They didn't have children for 20 years. And finally, they had Esau and Jacob, which, by the way, God only used Jacob out of the two of them. So God made Abraham wait 73 years from the vision to the grandchild, from the hope to the fulfillment, the hope of generations that would continue. If Abe only looked at the wait and the delay, he'd never been able to focus. Even when he died, His number of stars that he could actually see was only two, but God was faithful to fulfill the promise. This idea was very important to me, and I wrote about it in my book, Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power. At the beginning of the book, I talk about how my attitude had to get changed. It happened through Philippians 1, some scripture in there, that changed my attitude, that radically changed my prayer life. And the first thing was thankfulness, and the next thing was joy. But the third thing comes straight from this scripture about how do we see. And in Philippians 1, 5, it says, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. The thankfulness and the joy that he felt was in view of how he was viewing what these people were doing. I mean, Paul had lots of things to view and not be happy about, but he chose to view them through what God was doing, not through what was not happening. He needed his eyes corrected. I need my corrected vision. And that radically affected my prayer life because no longer did I look at my children and pray for them in view of their problems and their failures. Instead, I could look to the Lord and pray in view of the gospel, the redemptive power of Jesus. This is the Jesus who does immeasurably more than we could ask or think or even imagine according to his power that works within us. That comes from Ephesians 3.20. So this, this principle worked radically in my prayer life, but it also works in other areas. If I'm looking at my problems, if I'm looking at our finances, if I'm looking at disappointments or hurts or broken relationships or physical pain or any of those things, it ruins my vision. If I am looking to God and what he promises, everything is different. 
but I have to get healed from my problems. And so I have to go to Jesus to get my blindness healed. You know, Jesus, I think there's a lot of analogies to be drawn with the way that he heals people in the New Testament. And there are a lot of people that are blind that are made to see. And that is a promise you find in the Old Testament over and over again. One of my favorite blind healing stories comes in Mark 8, 22 through 25. It says, and they came to Bethsaida, that's Jesus and his followers. And some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he, the man looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Okay, let's stop here. This just fascinates me and why I love this story so much. I mean, did Jesus mess up? Was he tired from traveling and couldn't quite pull it off? I mean, I don't think so. And I don't say that I know the mind of God or all that is going on here. But there are some things that I draw out of this. Um, you know what? I don't think all healings happen completely or immediately in this earth. Even when Jesus was there, not everything completely got healed. There was an issue of a partial healing and then him having to return to Jesus and he needed to answer honestly. Now, I actually, everybody just looks like trees walking around. There's an advantage to not getting healed completely the first time. I keep coming back to Jesus over and over again because he's still there. Okay, in verse 25, then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. I feel like I need Mark 8, 25 quite often. Uh, people look like trees, and I cannot see the forest of the needs or the ministry that I need to be doing because of all those trees of weariness and hurt and problems and needs I'm trying to meet. And I get lost in that vision. So I've got to come back to Jesus, ask him to lay his hands on my eyes, to open my eyes, to restore my vision. When I was younger, I had a visions of ways I wanted to serve and I wanted to go be a missionary, I wanted to do all these things. And that's not the life that God led me to do. But sometimes I can miss out on the ministry right in front of me as I feel tired. And I need God to restore my vision. I need spiritual glasses. I need to look up to the stars. I need Jesus. So let me leave you with a few scripture of the Lord's promises to help us see. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Every time I can't see, I need to get the word. Isaiah 9, 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Psalm 146, 8, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Isaiah 42, 6 through 7, it's one of my favorites. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. 
Sister, we don't need to sit in darkness of a prison of our own making. Healing is here. Spiritual glasses are available for the asking. Like Abraham, take your complaint to God, then listen to his answer. Like the blind man, tell Jesus you still can't see well and let him keep working. And then walk by the light that he gives. Until next time. Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, susankmacias.com, to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. Macias. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet.